Welcome to our podcast. Talk to me, sister. I'm Kathy. And I am Sarah. And we are twin sisters documenting our surrogacy journey, discussing women's health, motherhood, and all the details that led us here. Our mission is to not only educate and inform, but to spread joy and hope through our story. Thanks for following along. Welcome, everyone. We are excited to share our story and unique point of view with you in this podcast, episode one. Going forward, we are going to cover um, Sarah's cancer survival, our surrogacy story, um, egg retrieval, IVF, and the ups and downs of this whole process as we go along. So we're excited. Here's our announcement. Our announcement episode. Yeah. So January 6th, 2021. That's today. Which is today. Our huge announcement is that you are pregnant with my baby, (laughs) (laughs) which is so wild and crazy and hard to wrap. Honestly, hard to wrap my mind around. But I guess we can first off start off introducing ourselves. So you go first, Kathy. I wonder if people can tell us apart our voices you think um I'm probably more monotone for sure (laughs) (laughs) and you are yeah I'm a little more charismatic in my voice you have you have more inflection (laughs) and I'll try I'll try to um be more upbeat for sure um but no this is really exciting day it's it's wild and crazy and took years and years really and what felt like years and years and months of planning so yeah Kathy start off by introducing yourself okay Yes, I will tell everybody about me. But one thing I want to do is at the beginning of every episode, we will update you guys on where we are in our pregnancy and kind of give you a little update um, on where we are and how things are going before we get into the subject of the episode. So today, we actually just got back from our very first ultrasound. Yay! So amazing. So today I'm seven weeks pregnant with Sarah's baby, my twin sister's baby. <laughs> my baby. Um, he, should I say he? Well, I guess. Okay, the cat's out of the bag. You did. Um, he, <laughs> little baby sharp, he is size of a blueberry and I saw a sweet little heartbeat and I can't believe it. Seven yeah. weeks. Yeah. So we saw his heart rate. His heart rate was 141. Right, mm-hmm. we got to hear it. Um, just Sarah was at our appointment today because of COVID. We couldn't have Richard or Alex, and you know it's such a different way to do a pregnancy. Anyway, I think a lot of it will be the two of us, and it has been mm-hmm. even in this process. But we called, we Facetimed Richard afterwards. He's over the moon. I mean, I think that we already had a hunch that he wasn't going to be able to be with us in the ultrasound just because of yeah. COVID. But um, yeah, it's very much seems like we've been doing this together side by side. I feel like we are pregnant. It's like even the nurses were like, congratulations, you guys. It's like, it's so, (laughs) it feels like it so is. But no, Richard's thrilled and he FaceTimed us afterwards. Um, But today was a big milestone for sure. And any of you guys who have done this know that getting that first heartbeat, you know, getting through the first few weeks of development is huge so yeah because after transfer you know it's wild and we'll get into all those details in a later episode about transfer and kind of what was building up to that but Mm. 
um, after transfer, which only takes like 15 minutes, which is wild. You kind of just like wait. It's just a waiting game. You wait. Mm-hmm. Which has felt like the waiting process has been, you know, a lot of this process has been a lot of waiting. Anyway, we're so excited. I mean, just like I can't even it's hard to even put words to how I feel, honestly. But like Kathy was saying, I think that, you know, every every first episode we do, we're just going to give like a quick update on the baby's progress, on how Kathy's feeling, kind of where she is and what trimester and, you know, how how we're doing it together, how Richard and me and my family are, you know, prepping for baby at home. And we'll cover all of that, but we'll give you guys a quick update at the first of every episode. And then, you know, we'll go into detail on certain episodes because there's really so much to cover when, yeah. when you think about it, going all the way back to even pre-cancer diagnosis for me, mm-hmm. um, all the things leading up to it goes back to what, three years ago. So it's yeah. just so much to talk about, yeah. which feels a little overwhelming, but we're going to break up um, certain topics and we're going to break up the story in several episodes, but we're going to start off with some good news is because we have a little blueberry baby. Yeah, we do. And, uh, you're talking right now with the heartbeat. Yeah. With the heartbeat. And I feel overall pretty good. I have nausea and fatigue, but it's worth it. We should say, we should say this is your third pregnancy. Right. So you have, you kind of knew mm-hmm. what to expect in the first couple weeks. Like you kind of yeah. were comparing it to your old pregnancies. And we joked the other night that you were like, I feel him kicking. And yeah. Like, I think it's way too early for that. <laughs> but it's probably um, just my tummy. Troubles. I know. Well, it's funny. No one can see us right now, but if they saw your pants are like completely unzipped, they're undone. Like, they're completely unbuttoned. <laughs> Do we need to get you some maternity pants? No, because... it's not that. It's not that. It's honestly any anybody who has also done estrogen and progesterone for IVF or in a pregnancy, in addition to what your body's already making, the bloat is, is serious. <laughs> it is real. So you don't think? Okay, so you don't think you're like showing this early? You think it's the meds and everything? Yeah. I really do. Okay. Because with both of my pregnancies, I have a pretty long torso and I, I never really looked pregnant until I was, you know, 14, 15, 16 weeks. I have pictures of like 17 weeks with Sam and I didn't look very pregnant. So, I mean, also this is my third pregnancy. So my, I think my body is doing it out of memory, but yeah. anyway, I'm, it's, I do feel like you said, it's my third pregnancy. And so I am, I, I was prepared even before we confirmed that I was pregnant with your baby. <laughs> uh, we say it and still laugh. Um, I like bought the nausea bands you put on your wrist mm-hmm. that are like acupuncture, acupuncture bands. I bought all the nausea meds that I did last time when I was pregnant with Sam, which is like Unisom and B6 combination. And I will go into a lot of how I prepared, but I feel prepared for this pregnancy I mean I prepared for what a year really prepared for a year yeah like physically I I went to the gym and I like trained for it and I started supplements (laughs) like almost a year ago so I do feel like my body is a little bit more prepared for the for the nausea and the fatigue and I know what I'm doing but tell you for sure know what you're doing and if I had to hand select not just because you're my sister hand select anyone to keep a little keep my baby safe for nine (laughs) months or give him a happy home it would be you. And so tell people why you feel prepared and kind of like give the like cliff notes mm-hmm. on your background and kind of what you do for a living though, because it really correlates with 
prepping for pregnancy and all that. Right. Yes. I was going to do an intro and we got distracted. <laughs> no. um, I couldn't. Yes. You were distracting me with your unzipped pants. I'm just <laughs> sorry. <laughs> right. So this is Kathy talking. Those of us who are learning the distinction of our voice, we're twins and we know we sound similar, but I am currently a surrogate for Sarah and I am also a registered dietitian. I have a master's in nutrition and women's health has always been my passion and my specialty. I, of course, always kind of read about women's health just because it applied to me the most. But in grad school, I wrote um, my thesis on PCOS. And so I always was so interested in how we as health practitioners treated women's health issues. So mm-hmm. PCOS is often treated with metformin, which is a blood sugar drug. And of course, you can manage blood sugar with diet and exercise as well. So is that when your ovaries are, you're you're the brains of the bunch. So is that when you have like too many cysts on your ovaries or something? Right. Okay. You have cysts on your ovaries. It can often cause subfertility and hormone imbalance. And so, right, we can always talk about that if people are interested in it. But the moral of the story is why I brought that up is that women's health was always my passion. And then when I started to try to become a mother and my husband and I were trying for babies, um, we lost our first pregnancy and I was like, wait, I'm like healthy. And, you know, I couldn't figure out why. Yeah. Like why? Right. 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 (laughs) Which is, you know, so many people's question. Right. Mm -hmm. But of course I dug in even more to women's health after that and learned so much about what I was not doing to (laughs) prepare for pregnancy. I was taking a prenatal and that's, that was all I was doing. Yeah, which honestly, you've taught me so much in the last three years, even after my cancer diagnosis, when I was like, okay, I need to change my diet, I need Mm -hmm. to add this, I need that. It's funny when I look back with my pregnancy with Charlotte. So this is Sarah, by the way. And yes, I do have one baby girl. She's not a baby anymore. She's three and a half, which is crazy. But um, I look back with that pregnancy with Charlotte Mm -hmm. and I knew nothing. I was, I don't even... I mean, I think I was still drinking caffeine. I don't even mm-hmm. know if I was taking a prenatal the first trimester. Yeah. Um, there's so much more. The only thing I knew right off the bat was the baby aspirin because we yeah. both have the blood clotting gene. Yeah. So thank God that you told me yeah. about that. I think that, that helped a lot. After anyway. my first pregnancy loss, I actually at the time was working at a genetics lab. And so the only reason I know that about myself and us is that I took my own blood and did my own digging. And so I do count myself lucky that I had the resources to... Honestly, that's a blessing in disguise because you you found that out, which obviously I'm your twin. Like I immediately did the test and I have it too. And it's like, I think that, you know, taking that baby aspirin as a blood thinner really... I'm glad I did that. I mean, I wasn't doing anything else, but I did that. Yeah. So you were taking a prenatal. I think I would have made sure you were taking a prenatal. I probably did at some point, but... Probably not when I should have, honestly. Yeah. I was too busy for... Yeah. So anyway, um, when I when I became a mother, when I was pregnant with, my, with Ruthie and with Samson, my two um, kids, I just dug in. And even though I had already finished a master's in nutrition, it, anybody who's in the health industry knows it's just always forming. There's always new research. There's always new science of what we can do better. And especially now in maternal health and fetal health, now that we have a, a lot of really good research from the IVF world, we know a lot more. IVF is only 40 years old, really. And before that, we didn't have a lot of good 
prenatal research because pregnant women are a hard group to study (laughs) because it can be unethical to study or Mm. um, add things in or take things away from pregnant women, right? Mm. So thankfully now we're getting more and more controlled group with IVF and we have a lot of great research. So anyway, I, I just dug in and it became, I developed a small business where I was teaching about pediatric and maternal health and doing group workshops and also private consults in, you know, as a dietitian that just, you know, of course I am in that world of IVF and surrogacy and, you know, with other people, right? Yeah. I never imagined that it would be me. And now you're putting all those practices to your own uh, journey. And it's, it's funny. We, um, so Kathy and I just, you know, she's only seven weeks and we're also, I mean, I think I have a lot of trauma, uh, with hospitals and doctor's appointments. And I obviously have my own like nerves and fears, but, um, we've decided to tell our, um, you know, our close family members, especially our close friends who's, who, you know, walked with me in my journey and then walked with us together. And it's been really fun to see people's reactions. And my close friends that I've told are, they're one, just blown away and just ecstatic for Richard and I that we get to grow our family because it was something that I put away on a shelf and buried and just crossed off my list. Mm-hmm. And, and I grieved that growing our family already. Like I thought that was a done deal and that was not going to happen. So my friends that I've told are just like, they're overwhelmed with excitement that we get to grow our family. But when I tell them the second part of the news that it this my surrogate is you, obviously they're like, I mean, they're, they're, their mouth, their jaw hits the floor, but they're also like, well, duh, yeah. you know, they, they, um, I still have, we're in that, you know, we're in that like mid thirties range where we're like, mm-hmm. right, we're the, we're childbearing years and all of our friends are having babies. So I can't even count on both hands where people are saying, Hey, what's Kathy's number? I need to call her and ask her about a prenatal or can I take this supplement when I'm pregnant? And I'm like, I feel like you're, you should be a doctor at this point. (laughs) Their reaction is just like, well, I mean, who better to carry your baby? So, well, I feel the same, you know, when we were talking about this and we need to probably go back to the beginning and let people know how this started when we were talking about you, you know, we were going, are you sure, Kathy, you want to do this? Like you were asking, mm-hmm. are you sure? And I, I said, I will be mad if somebody else does it for you. <laughs> like it, it makes too much sense for, for me not to. I'm your twin sister. This is my life calling and passion. And it's one of those things where you're like, oh, this is why, this is one of the reasons we have each other. Because we don't have twins in our family. We are right a novelty. Right. And and we'll get into the details about what led us here when we get back, you know, into my backstory of, you know, my cancer diagnosis and, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, when I had a hysterectomy and all that. But let's talk about mom because <laughs> mom mm-hmm. had us and she always says, I can't believe I had two. Mm-hmm. And we twins don't run in our family and it's right. wild. And, you know, mom, when we were litter, little, uh, she always said, I never understood why. I had twins, but when our father passed away, our biological father passed away when we were how old? Four. Mm-hmm. She always, she, you know, she was distracted and, you know, she had Anna, our oldest sister, and mm-hmm. just went back to school and blah, blah, blah. And she always said, well, I know why God gave you each other's because um, you could have, you know, lean on each other and have each other as sisters. We needed each other. Right. And then so when we surprised her with this story. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> when we told her we were thinking about doing this and Kathy, you were going to be my surrogate. Mm-hmm. She just like burst into tears. And I think she just had a moment where she realized, you know, maybe this was the reason she had twins or the fact that you could do this for me is like, mm-hmm. what an incredible gift. But tell tell everybody what you told her because she was having trouble understanding. I mean, she doesn't know anything about IVF. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know she kept saying like test tube baby. Like she's like her, yeah. she has no idea how much science. I said, mom, we, people don't call IVF babies that anymore, <laughs> but thankfully yeah. we have been, you know, our family has not struggled with infertility. So right. Sarah and I have two other sisters, my mom and, you know, comes from, she has a sister as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, thankfully everybody has had, had babies mm-hmm. um, naturally without medical intervention. And so it would just, it's just a whole new world to her. And, you know, I said, if Sarah needed a kidney, I would give Sarah a kidney. You know, if Sarah needed bone marrow, I would give her bone marrow. But she just happens to need a uterus. And I have one. And I I want to let her borrow it for 10 months, you know. <laughs> and I think that made a lot of sense to her. And I think that that makes a lot of sense to other people. Because generally when it comes to the subject of a life, people have a lot of opinions. But when right. you think about it as a medical intervention that I would give you, you know, mm-hmm. if it was any other organ or need that you had medically, it she said, oh, I get it. I get yeah. it. I think that like when you put it that way, it mm-hmm. kind of clicked in her head. She's like, this is a gift that Kathy's giving right. to Sarah. Yeah. This is the ultimate sacrifice. Right. Because, you know, people listening that know our mom I and mean, she spent her life in ministry and she's probably the mm-hmm. most sacrificial person out there. She is. So I think when you put it in that mm-hmm. terms for her to relate to, mm-hmm. she understood it, which was really sweet. But yeah, she's also floored and just mm-hmm. hasn't stopped crying since we told her about it like, right. two months ago. <laughs> right. She's probably still crying. She is for sure. Well, why don't we back up and you share more about your story and why you need me to be your surrogate and, you know, really more about how it all started. Oh, gosh. Well, this is just so much information and probably won't be able to get into all the nitty gritty details. We'll save that for another episode, but um, yeah. So this is Sarah. I, well, we are both, how old are we? 33? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. We, <laughs> we just turned 33. We did in December. I got pregnant with a baby girl in 2000. I had her in May, 2017. I am, I'm not a dietitian, and um, in contrast to Kathy, I am a interior designer um, by trade. I'm an artist. I've worked in the corporate world, interiors world, for most of my whole career. And at the height of my career is when I got pregnant with Charlotte in 2017. You're right. You were like VP of your company or something. Right? I had just gotten promoted to VP of business development at, I at was, 31. Killing it. Yes. Thank you. Well, I was the kind of person that jumped out of bed, threw on the clothes, grabbed the coffee, rushed out the front door. I um, did not ever eat breakfast. I don't remember ever eating breakfast. Nutrition and self-care was like totally foreign to me and way on the back shelf. Um, But when I got pregnant, and um, was growing a baby, it forced me to slow down. So that is a good thing. 
finally, when Charlotte was born, I mean, we all the first time moms that are listening understand when you have a newborn and that first baby, man, that changes your life, changes your perspective. A huge part of your heart grows immensely and what you thought was important sometimes isn't. And I learned a lot of good lessons. I decided to up and leave my position at my company, kind of hang up my corporate cleats. And I didn't know what I was going to do. I think I just saw her face and realized I didn't know what I was going to do, but I was going to find out how to do something and also be a kick-ass mom. So Mm I was on the road to not really searching for what I was going to do next, but just like really enjoying her and really enjoying, you know, self-care in my family. And so that was really nice. And then I was enjoying that. We went to the beach and July 5th came around right after 4th of July holiday. I found myself in an oncology waiting room, mm-hmm. which I can talk about now and not feel like trauma and like it stops me in my track and I can't get a word out. I can talk about it a little bit better, but the days leading up to that were tough. It was appointment after appointment. I was bleeding for a really long time. Um, Which is what led you to the doctor, right? And the whole reason I, you know, what led to like all the series of doctor's appointments is that I had a 30 day period, Mm -hmm. you know, I was bleeding for that long. How long is a normal period for you? Four days? Yeah. I mean, okay. it, people three to seven, probably. Yeah. People. So my innate nature and like what I was used to dealing with, you know, when things would come up, like symptoms and things mm-hmm. of my body, I would just put it on the back burner because mm-hmm. I was too busy. Mm-hmm. But I realized that a 30 day period was very not normal. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so everything that led up to that moment, um, you know, my OB thought I had an ectopic pregnancy. They thought I had a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a DNC. We'll get into all that later. But um, I was diagnosed with choriocarcinoma on July 5th of 2018. Um, so my baby was just, had just turned one and my whole life just mm-hmm. fell apart. I mean, what I thought was going to be an amazing new journey and season into this thing called motherhood, I actually found myself not even being able to be a present mother because I was just trying to survive myself. And we'll get into all that later, but what led to a lot of chemotherapy, a lot of ups and downs, and eventually a hysterectomy is why I don't have a uterus and I threw out growing my family and giving Charlotte a sibling out the window a long time ago. But that's the... You do have your ovaries though, right? So will you explain that for people? Yes. Yes, I do. They gave me a partial hysterectomy, which I wasn't thrilled about the hysterectomy when it first came up, but I was at the point of my cancer journey of doing chemo yet a second time that at that was at the point where I was at my breaking point and I was like, do what you need to do. Take all my organs. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to survive. So I was thrilled when she said, we're going to do a partial hysterectomy because where the tumor was, it was embedded in my uterus. And so if they just took out the uterus, they could keep my ovaries, which was great news for me because at a young age, I could, I didn't have to go through menopause because mm-hmm. your ovaries are what, you know, regulate your hormones and mm-hmm all those good things. So, um, and obviously 
houses your eggs. Mm -hmm. So I knew that, you know, (laughs) my ovaries have and my eggs have been through hell and back because of all the medication I've been given. But, um, and that, that was like your oncologist, Dr. Nick said, because you still have your ovaries, you could have a surrogate. And she was the one who had mentioned that the first time. Right. Right. And it's, I didn't, honestly, I didn't know anything about surrogacy. I had heard it from, I don't know. I mean, Kim Kardashian or something. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I mean, I didn't know how much it cost. I didn't know what what it entailed. All I knew is that we had options Mm -hmm. and that in itself, whether deep in my mind, I was like, there's no way we're not even like, I couldn't even go there. I couldn't even see a future family because I just was having a hard time seeing what future was in front of me. Right. Because I was so day at a time. But um, yeah, I do have my ovaries and I do have my eggs. And so anyway, that was long winded, but that is, that's kind of what led us here. Incredible. So we will fast forward some and thankfully Sarah is cancer free. Thank she you. She had yes. rounds and rounds of chemo and those were rough. We will go into that. but. Thankfully, on the other end of it, Sarah's almost two years yeah, cancer-free. Thank you, Jesus. And a baby on the way, which is incredible. So, you know, when Sarah was scheduled to have her hysterectomy, um, I talked to Alex, my husband, my precious husband. Saint of, <laughs> Saint a, per- of a person. Yes. Who... Um, I don't know if he knows much about surrogacy. Like I mentioned, I'm in the women's health world, and it is not a odd thing for me to <laughs> think about. But I mentioned to him, I said, "Hey, I, I need to talk to you about something really serious." And he was like, "Oh my gosh, what?" You know. Oh. And I said, "I just before before Sarah and Richard before Sarah goes in to have her hysterectomy, I would love to offer to be their surrogate if that's something that comes up, you know. And I would love for them to know." that they have options going into this really hard procedure where they are feeling so final. Mm. And so he said, well, if you know, Alex, you know that he's a quiet thinker before he answers or (laughs) says anything. He said, well, my first, my first reaction is absolutely. Oh, that makes me, I know makes me want to cry. And I said, really? Not absolutely not. Absolutely. He said, yeah, absolutely. And then I think about having a pregnant wife and some of the things that makes me a little nervous, but really from all the get go, from the beginning, we have just felt this something our family was called to do and that our family is, is done so that we just felt, but I, but I love being pregnant and I love that journey and this journey. So we just knew from the beginning that this was something we wanted to do. And we just said, okay, God, we will push open all the doors and if they open, we're going to keep going. And if they're closed and if anybody has been through IVF or a surrogacy journey, there is a ton to do. I mean, Mm -hmm. this has been a year of Sarah and Richard doing their embryo development of me being screened. We had medical screen, psych screen, legal counseling. We all had to do counseling and we'll go through that, but there were a lot of doors to open. So we just knew I said, God, if we're not supposed to do this, let it not be. And it has been fairly easy to say the least. Yeah. And we, I think, um, Kathy and I and our families have really just, when we started the process of 
thinking about her being a surrogate. We just prayed for um, green lights, but we also prayed for red flags. And if there were red flags, we would we would stop. But we just it's been seamless and we're we're thrilled. Mm -hmm. Um, But our next episode, we're going to get into surrogacy as like, you know, from start to finish, all the questions we've gotten, all the, um, you know, the backstory. Right. And I will say one thing. People always ask that this is Richard's sperm in your egg. I did not have to sleep with Richard. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) This is their embryo. And so we will talk about Sarah's egg retrieval and embryo development. Yes. It's our biological child. Richard was like, or my my friends are going to be like, did you sleep with Kathy? I'm like, no. Um, But we will get into all the surrogacy juicy details on the next episode. So thank you for following along and we'll see you next time. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. This is the platform that we use to record and produce our podcast. Guys, we are not tech savvy. I was so overwhelmed thinking about how to start a podcast, but we knew that it was the best and easiest way for us to share our story. And Anchor has been so easy to use and really intuitive for anyone, no matter how comfortable you are with podcasting or technology. They simplify it for you. So you can record your episodes, add music, activate sponsorship, and distribute your podcast to Apple, Spotify, and all other listening platforms, all through Anchor. So download the Anchor app for free or visit anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Have fun. Have fun.